Yeah, fantastic. Great to see open heaven. Just it's on now. Great. Good to see open heaven expanding, even up into Whangarei, which is awesome. Yeah, fantastic. Great to be with you today. Good to see Mike and Amy back from their holiday. I thought Mike was looking a little bit stressed, or was he? Was uh, what Liverpool not doing too well at the moment, or? There must be an issue there. And uh, also good news, uh, we had settlement on the building across the road through the week, so that's great. And uh, we're clapping because we no longer own it, okay, so, <laughs> but uh, that's good and good to get rid of that uh, and uh, clear some debt, which has been outstanding. So yeah, thank you for all your thoughts and prayers and working through that over the years. It's just been uh, an amazing thing. Uh, we're doing a series through January. We're talking about the promises of God. Some of you may have made promises to yourself at the beginning of the year, uh, New Year resolutions. How are you doing on those? Well, maybe I want to suggest to you that there are some promises that we have from God that will last a little bit longer than the promises that you made to yourself at the beginning of the year. God's promises are really, really important. Now, what we hang our hopes upon, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, it says, For all the promises of God in Him are yes and in Him amen to the glory of God through us. And so we hang on to the promises of God when everything else around us maybe is falling to pieces, maybe is in chaos. God's Word is like it's an anchor to our souls. It's there. It gives us peace in the storms of life. And there's just a great story in the Bible about the nation of Israel uh, coming out of, uh, they came out of Egypt and then coming through out of the, through the wilderness. And uh, finally they get uh, through the Jordan River, they get right to the edge of the promised land. And uh, I just want to pick up the story and the word of God here about that uh, in Joshua chapter 4 and verse 1 to 9. For 400 years, God had been, uh, they had been holding on to this promise that God was going to give them a promised land. And finally they get to it. Finally they're right on the edge. They've been through all the difficulties and they are there. And uh, let's pick up the story from there in Joshua chapter 4. And it says, When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. And so Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told him, go to the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. Then he goes on and says this. He says, in the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. And so the men did as Joshua had commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River, one from each tribe, just as the Lord had told Joshua. They carried them to the place where they camped for the night and constructed the memorial there. Joshua also set up another pile of 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan at the place where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing, and they are there to this day. And so these stones, they were to be a memorial. There was going to come a time uh, in the future where there would be uh, children that would be born. They would not remember the slavery in Egypt. 
They would not remember going through the wilderness and all the difficulties, how God uh, provided supernaturally water out of the rock, how he gave them central heating at night. Uh, They would not remember the miracles where uh, God helped them to defeat the enemy in different situations. They would not uh, remember where the uh, Red Sea parted. They would not remember where the Jordan parted. Uh, They were born in the promised land. That was all they knew. That was their story. That That was what they used to. That was what they were comfortable with. They had never known anything else. They would just take it all for granted. And so God had warned them that this was going to happen. He says there in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 17, he said, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. And you kind of think he asked, him, how do we stop this from happening? How do we stop having like a secondhand faith? How do, how do we stop it where we, we lose that uh, excitement, you know, of, of our walk with God, of seeing God move in our lives, of seeing miracles happen in our lives? How do, how do we uh, stop that so that we keep our own faith afresh and alive in the things of God? And I want to suggest to you just some things out of the story that we can pick up that will help us to do this in our own lives. And the first thing I want to suggest to you is this. Don't forget the previous sacrifices. Don't forget the previous sacrifices. God said, take these stones and pile them up where you live so that when your children, when your children pass by and they say, what do these stones mean? Then you can remind them. You can remind them that it was God who brought you out of slavery. It was God who brought you here. It was God that gave to you the promised land. If you've got freedom today, it is the story behind these stones. If you've prospered today, it is the story behind these stones. If you've got a talent that has given you success, it is the story behind these stones. When your children ask you, what do these stones mean? You can tell them that it was God. It was God that brought you through the Jordan River. It was God that brought you to this place of of blessing, this promised land. The stones carry a story about the goodness, about the promises of God, how God fulfilled the promise that he gave to you for 400 years as slaves in Egypt to bring you into this land of plenty, a promised land to you. And we must never forget that. See, we stand on the shoulders of a previous generation. Your ancestors have sacrificed to give to you what you have today. I've recently been reading a little bit about my grandfather. And my grandfather, he was a soldier in the 65th Army Regiment of the Imperial Army. And he left Ireland as a soldier carrying a shipload of convicts to Australia. We've always, as a family, liked to do our little bit for our cousins across the other side of the ocean there. And, uh, but he was smart on reaching Australia. He didn't stay there. He came across to uh, New Zealand. Uh, probably being a soldier, he had to because there were some wars going on over here. But anyway, um, he settled here in New Zealand and built a life. And, and it, it's a hard life, a difficult life back in those days to provide for their family. And uh, I was recently down in Tikawiti. And uh, my cousin in Tikawiti Farms down there, Tikawiti, the sharing capital of the world, and uh, my cousin Tom, he won the Golden Shears many, many years ago. And uh, he took me up to where my grandfather's house was. The house is not there anymore, but I've seen pictures of it. Uh, it wouldn't pass the current government legislation for a healthy home. Um, it's really hilly there. It's isolated. Uh, to, uh, when my grandmother had children, it was like a difficult trek for them. And they pioneered. They sacrificed 
Uh, they had a tough life to give us. You know, I really admire uh, people that are, are first generation here into New Zealand. And uh, I've, I've been in Maryland. I went and lived overseas for about 18 months. But we always had our house back home. We always had family back home. We always knew that we were coming back to New, New Zealand. But you kind of think of the faith, the courage of people that leave their home. They leave their business. They leave their house. They leave their family often. Uh, they're going to a country that often many of them have never seen before. And, and you ask them, why, why are you doing this? And they, they want to give their children a better life. They want to give their children a better life. See, two Sundays ago we said farewell, or a little bit about three or four Sundays ago we said farewell to Pastor Boyd and Sharon. They went down to uh, take up the position of uh, senior pastor down, senior minister down in the Wellington Elam Church. And it's a great story. Uh, but it's already an established church. It's a New Zealand established congregation and so on. I kind of think that the real heroes behind the story of Pastor Boyd is his mum and dad. And I've been up into the north of Sri Lanka there uh, where they lived and uh, uh, Pastor Boyd's mum and dad, uh, there was fighting between the Tamil Tigers and the government. Uh, so they gathered up their family, young family, took them down through out of the fighting area down to Colombo and eventually overseas. They weren't sure where they were going to end up, whether it be England, Australia, New Zealand or wherever. But eventually they ended up here in New Zealand. I think, what an incredible journey of faith. Amazing journey of faith. And uh, you think, what courage. And it's really uh, exciting to see Pastor Boyd and Sharon step out and grow into something new. Uh, But the journey didn't begin with them. See, the stones tell us not to forget the generation that has gone before. If they hadn't have done what they did, you couldn't be doing what you're doing. And if we forget that, pride can creep into our lives if we're not careful. See, history is a muddy business. Often when we tell history, we wash it and make it clean. And and it sounds exciting. It sounds glamorous. But really, in reality, it was tough. It was hard. It is a muddy business. If you go down to our botany campus today, they're in the middle of a building program and uh, putting up uh, huge extensions out the side, huge calf and specialized children's rooms. And uh, when we built the church there, uh, you never put big calves and foyers and things like that in place like uh, you have here today. And uh, so we're doing that long overdue. And, uh, but it wasn't always like that. See, the church started uh, in a school hall. Folks had to set up chairs every week, sound system. I can remember loading sound system in the back of my car. I used to keep it in my garage. I had a Ford Falcon uh, station wagon, put the sound system in, a little corner of the speaker wasn't quite in, slammed the door down, glass everywhere. It was difficult. The children met in locker rooms under the hall. The crash was in the corridor outside the principal's office. The toilets were in the corridor outside the principal's office too. You know, it wasn't pleasant. Uh, The church office was in a garage. I can remember when this congregation started. Uh, It was upstairs in Bank Street. How many can remember that? It's not too many, is there? Not too many. You know, you have amazing facilities here, beautiful facilities here. But it wasn't always like this. There are people that pioneered, that had sacrificed to, uh, to give us uh, what we have today. But they, they carried a promise. And God's promises find their yes and their amen in him. But we must not forget the previous sacrifices. The second thing I want to suggest to you is don't forget the promises of God. 
in the story here, the people are uncertain. Joshua is uncertain uh, to God. Joshua is an unproven article. He's just come in as the leader. He comes down to the uh, Jordan River and, and he stands there. And the only thing that he's got going for him is that God had said to him, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. That's all he had. He had a promise from God as he went down there and he comes down to the Jordan River. This time it's the Jordan River. Moses faced the Red Sea. Uh, Joshua faced the Jordan River. Uh, different scene, but the same scenario. Water was the problem there. And then the previous uh, miracle, though, was with the previous generation. It was their story. It was their faith journey. This generation now had not had that faith journey. Most of the generation that had seen the Red Sea parted, apart from uh, Caleb and, uh, and Joshua, had passed on. They had not experienced the miracle of God. And so Joshua comes down to this water, and he's got the promise of God, and he stands before the Jordan River, and nothing happens. Moses went down there and stood. The waters parted. Joshua goes down there. This is the big moment. This is the validity of his leadership. This is the moment where he's going to prove to the whole of the nation that God has called him to be the leader. All those that felt they should have been the leader, this was going to silence them for good. This is going to shut them all up. He comes down there. He stands up at the, at the edge of the Jordan River, which is in springtide. It's full. It's flooded. And nothing happens. The priests are behind him. People are behind him. The promise of God is before him, and nothing happens. What do you do when it's your moment, and nothing happens? What do you do when it's your moment, and, and it doesn't work? This test, text here is not about what worked, but about what didn't work. If God was with him, as, as he had been with Moses, he would have come down to the edge of the river and held up his hand, or held up a staff, and the water would have parted, and they would have gone across, and he walks down to the edge of the swelling Jordan River, and nothing happens. You can imagine the crowd behind him. I kind of feel, Joshua, your blood would have been running to us. <laughs> you, can, you can just imagine how he must have felt just, just like standing there. And he had been told that God was with him, but there's no movement from heaven. There's no wind. There's no blowing. There's no water parting. Everything was acting like there's no anointing. Nothing was happening. See, this is the moment where he had to decide. You have times in your life where you are facing some things. You're carrying a promise from God and nothing is happening. What do you do in those moments? You're standing at the edge and you just feel, you know, God, where are you? This is a critical point and, and nothing is happening. And you have to make a decision. Either you turn your tail and run and slip back into the old or you hang on to the promises of God and you keep moving into the future. God said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. He didn't say to him, I will do the same things as I did to, through you as I did with Moses. He said, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. Not do the same things. Now he had to step into the water. He steps into the water, this unmovable, swelling tide of the Jordan River. Maybe you're trying to walk into something that's not really moving in your life. You're trying to move into something in faith and it seems to be laughing in your face. Maybe... People are telling you that, you know, God's not with you. It's not working. Your God's not real. If God was with you, your husband wouldn't have left. Your wife wouldn't have left. If God was with you, or hell wouldn't be breaking loose in your life. If God was with you, you wouldn't have to go through what you're going through. If God was with you, you wouldn't be having to fight this fight that you're having to fight at this present time. The only thing that you've got is that you can stand on the promises of God. 
Is God faithful? He's in the water, his feet are wet, and he's standing on the promises of God. So important that we remember the previous sacrifices. So important that we remember the promises of God. But there's a third thing I just want to suggest to you out of the story that you need to apply in your life today, and that is to have your own faith story. Have your own faith story. See, it's important to remember the previous sacrifices. It's important to remember the promises of God. But there comes a point where you have to step out in faith. As Pastor Mike said earlier in the the service, there's a point you've got to take a step. There's a point you've got to move. You can't live in your parents' faith. You cannot live in the faith of the previous generation. And sadly in the Bible, we find that this is what was happening, that not long after this, the people forgot all about the promises of God. Just not long after Joshua died, we read in the book of Judges over and over again that Israel did not drive the enemy out of the land. They were unable to. They became a thorn in their side. In fact, the very next chapter after Joshua died, we read in Judges chapter 2, verse 1, it says this. It says, The angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochum and said, I brought you up out of Egypt and led you into the land I swore to give to your ancestors. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you, and you shall not make a covenant with the people of this land, but you shall break down their altars. Yet you have disobeyed me. Why have you done this? And I've also said, I will not drive them out before you. They will become traps for you and their gods will become snares to you. See, you need to have your own faith story. You may be in the middle of a transition. You may be in the middle of change. You may be in the middle of some kind of obstacle in your life. Uh, you may be uh, in a situation where you, you just want to tuck in your tail and, and, and you just want to move on again. And you think that, well, because God's not working the way that you felt God should be working, then God's not with you. It's not going to happen. It's, uh, maybe God's not with you. Folks, just because the waters don't part at the bank doesn't mean that they're not going to part in the middle. That's a lesson we can learn out of the story. Just because they don't part when we think they should part, it doesn't mean that they're not going to part. Have your own faith story. Joshua stepped out in the water. You kind of think he's there in the water. Already the type with Moses is over. With Moses, we know Moses just came there. He stood there, and was it Charles Heston, was it? Stood there, held up his thing, the waters parted, and, and uh, they walked across. They didn't even get their feet wet. Their parents would have told them this. When we went across, we walked across on dry land. Now they're standing there, and they can see that the priests and, and, and Joshua, their feet are wet. They say, this can't be right. Never happened like this in the good old days. This can't be a true move of the Spirit of God. Moses told, when Moses did it, it happened this way. This can't be God. This, this, this must be a counterfeit. This is not what is happening. And it didn't happen like this. Joshua keeps on walking. With all the murmuring and all the complaining, he keeps on walking. In the controversy, he keeps on walking. Folks, our country is in controversy. Our world is in controversy. Some people are just trying to figure out what they should do. We just keep on walking. When you know that God is on your side, You keep on walking. And Joshua and his priests, they step down into the water. They get down into the middle of the water. They get down into the middle of the mess. And God shows up. The waters part. Folks, if you don't take steps of faith, nothing will happen. If you don't take a start, 
You can stand on the bank and you can pray for the rest of your life and nothing will happen. But if you take some steps of faith, then God promises us that if we take a step, He'll take a step. If we take a step, He'll take a step. If we take steps of faith, that we will find that somewhere in the middle, God will meet us. Somewhere in the middle, the miracle will happen. Faith will happen. Somewhere in that middle, middle it will happen. And so God said to them in this story, He said, tell the priest. He said, wherever your feet stood, whatever your journey was, wherever you were walking, Whatever your faith story is, wherever your feet stood, take a rock and build a memorial out of it. Build something out of it then that, that, that you can tell uh, your children in the future. Your, your memorial is something you remember. Your memorial is something that you teach your children. Your memorial is something, uh, it is a standard that sets you apart from other people. Your, your memorial is your story, your history, your destiny, it's your legacy. Say, don't leave this planet without leaving your own memorial. See, you need a faith story, something to prove to the world that God was with me. I took the step. We, we felt that we needed to create a better life for our children. And, and so we took the step of faith to, to build that life. You, I, I felt that God was calling me to start this career, to start a business. So I took a step of faith. And, and there's a story that in your life where, where God came. And as you took steps of faith, God came alongside of you, made a way. God parted the waters. God opened the door. God made something happen. And, and that's your story. You need a faith story that you can tell your children. And the Bible says that the priests were forbidden to leave the Jordan without a stone to tell their story. Don't leave this planet without having a faith story that you can tell. Take these stones and pile them up when you live so that when your children and your children's children pass by and say, what do these stones mean? You tell them all about God's promises, that God is faithful. God is a good God. God will bless us. He will provide for us. It's not about the glamour. It's not about the prestige. It's not about the bank balance. It's not about the house or the flash car or anything like that. It's about the promises of God. If you have got the promises of God, you can build a memorial. If you've got the promises of God, then you can reach your goal. If you've got the promise of God, you can prosper. See, in life, everything is about the promises of God. The Bible said when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them how the Lord was with them. You were in the middle of the Jordan. Tell them how he delivered you out of Egypt. Tell them how he brought you into the promised land. Tell them about God's promises. Find their yes and their amen in him. It was God who gave me the ability to prosper. I kind of think that 2021 is a great opportunity to have a faith story. All around us, we see chaos. People don't really know what to do. World leaders don't know what to do. Everything seems to be just chaos around. The Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord sets up a standard. What a great year. You're carrying some promises in your heart. You're carrying some things that you've seen God has spoken to you about. You can say, oh, I'm not going to do that. It's, it's uncertain. I'm, I, I lack confidence. I'm not sure it's going to work out. All this is happening in the world. Step out in the promises of God. And God will meet you halfway you take a step he'll take a step you take another step he'll take another step somewhere in the middle the waters will part and god will provide a way for you let's pray father we just thank you lord for your promises we thank you that your promises do find their yes and their amen in you father we just thank you lord that we can put our trust and our hopes in you for the future we do that father i just pray for every person here that's carrying a dream carrying a promise in their heart 
Lord, give them faith to take that step, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.